and hello movie lovers and welcome to the show with me i have my good friend jay with me say hello to everybody hey hello everyone thank you very much for having me on john oh you're welcome anytime and this is actually going to be part of the holly shorts film festival review that we did this movie only clocks in at six minutes long but there's just so much detail in six minutes of that the director gave me and matter of fact let me go on ahead and give everybody a little bit of a synopsis of what this movie's about but the name of the movie is called the plumber uh the plumber and is also an official selection of for the 2021 oscar qualifying holly shorts film uh festival the film is produced by uh jay everly everly and then of course you know we also have somebody that well we actually have shalina american legally blind filmmaker okay so he's actually a a legally blind filmmaker that made this film the film is directed by uh Kate Carson, a naval veteran turned filmmaker who was selected as one of the nine uh, fellows in the 2021 Black Magic uh, Future Directors of Studio Features in Native. The plumber was inspired by a true story of Irene uh, Slender, who helped rescue over 2,500 children from German-occupied Poland during World War II. The director's an adventurous take as a fresh spin on the genre. So here's the thing. I love how it clocks in at like one minute. We actually know Irene right off the bat. She's going in. She's, of course, a plumber. And therefore, the the, the plumber case that she's actually holding and everything actually tells who she is. She's also not a German or anything like that. She's actually a Pol she's actually Polish. And she's going into this concentration camp to try and smuggle out these kids before the Germans winds up killing them. And I I definitely find that intriguing. Also, too, the music that they chose feels like an Indiana Jones kind of stylistic kind of movie, things like that, with the themes that they use. And also, too, you know, they you could definitely tell that they spent some money into this to make this short film. But I like the whole entire idea of, okay, let's put a fresh spin on the World War II genre because they because don't get me wrong, I love Christopher Nolan and all that stuff. But to put like an Indiana Jones uh, kind of spin on it with the music and things like that was a great take for me, to be honest with you. It feels like Mandalorian in a sense, though, too, with the music. What about you, though, Jay? No, the music is the is my favorite thing about it. Um, I was getting hints of, like you said, Indiana Jones, also a little Star Wars and maybe a little Harry Potter at times, too. Hmm. Uh, the music was great, and as far as being shot, it looked a lot like Indiana Jones, too, had that feel as far as that goes, especially one particular moment where uh, there's a, uh, a lot of red light behind them in, uh, in a little bunker-looking room mm -hmm. in the background. Uh, that, that was uh, absolutely beautiful, but the music was the, was the thing that got me the most. It was just so good, so good. Yeah, the music is definitely something different with tone because you don't expect that kind of tone when you look at a movie in a World War II kind of perspective. We normally get that from Lucasfilm versus just being a regular short film or any other uh, person that wants to put a spin on the genre. But to do that and to put a little bit of a fresh spin on it, I think it works out great. It also describes the character and things like that. It gives her a little bit more of a theme. But also, too, I liked the suspense of it where she goes inside this little house and she's over there thumbing through her uh, supplies for being, you know, for her plumbing supplies and stuff like that. And then she takes uh, this little draw out and she gets this baby underneath the underneath the stairs. And then 
well, not underneath the stairs, but underneath the house. And she puts the little baby into her, uh, the storage thing that she has in her plumber box. I thought in her toolbox, I think that was actually pretty cool to actually see that play out. And then she's, and of course, I also like how these other two Germans are actually guarding the door in a sense or near the door. And she's trying to keep the baby quiet and you don't know if she's going to get caught or not. I like the suspense feel to it. And it doesn't really give us a lot of music whenever we have that. But that's the thing that I liked about it was because of the fact you don't need music to actually set the tone for something that could be horrifying, horrifying, to be honest. But what did you think of that? Well, uh, one thing that I noticed and absolutely loved about it was that it gave, for me at least, I got like kind of a caper feel to it. Mm. Uh, but it's like a caper that's on the highest level, the highest possible stakes, lives and lives of children. And it, and that's that's one thing I really liked about it was it felt like she was going in there uh, and 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 she was breaking in to get the goods so to speak and then like well like you were saying trying not to get caught she coughed and and I thought I just naturally was like okay she's trying to make it sound like it was her and not the baby that had just cried right. and then we find out there at the end that it was the that, that was her signal to the dog she was with the dog. Uh, that, that was barking and distracted the the uh, uh, German soldier, and that even made it more feel like more uh, of a caper movie to me. Where not only uh, do you have this plan to get in, a plan to get the babies, and then to to, but there's a solid plan to get out too. It right. wasn't like I'm gonna walk toward the door and hope I make it. I mean, th this was very very thought out planned. Right. And that's one thing that I liked about it was how thought out it was because it could have actually gone haywire and everything. We don't know why she was coughing at the very beginning of the film or anything like that. All we knew was the fact that there was these German guards there and she, she coughed. All we know was it was to calm the baby down from sleeping and everything and making sure that the baby's okay. But then I also like how you mentioned the red whenever she picks up her toolbox and then she's walking past this one German guard and then the German guard winds up stopping her. And then all of a sudden you see this flash of red that's there to me, that signified blood that signified that this could be over for her fast. It had this 1980s kind of horror slasher kind of vibe in a sense with the red to signify that someone might die or signify the fact that this could be the end for her. Once they find the baby that's that she has in her toolbox. But I also liked how she's playing off on it and everything, stalling. And then you hear a dog barking. And you don't know if that's the German dogs that are actually looking for her or it could be something else. And I like how the guard just goes on ahead, leaves her alone for a little bit after trying to search. And, of course, she's actually just playing around with the toolbox at that time, just yeah. trying to stall some time, it looks like. And then she picks up the toolbox and then she walks off. But what did you think about the coloring of that. I know that you mentioned the flash of red, but did you think of anything as far as blood goes, her dying or anything like that on that aspect? No, that's great. What you mentioned the symbolism of the red there and the, the danger of everything. And that, you know, this is, this isn't a caper where, you know, you get caught with some diamonds and you go to prison, you know, you're dealing with uh, a child's life and she was dealing with her life. Uh, so these, like I said, you know, the highest stakes possible. Uh, that's great. I hadn't thought about it in the moment, but once you bring it up, yes, then now visualizing it in my head. 
And and that wasn't the only great use of color I noticed. Uh, and I'm colorblind, but I mean, there were certain <laughs> things that stood out to me. Uh, another thing being the uh, the German, uh, I don't know if he was an officer, I would assume he was. Uh, he looked pretty casual with no hat and whatnot. Uh, but his his yellow or orange vest thing that he had on, um, I don't know, that stood out. Because usually when, when we see movies and films, period pieces in this specific time, in World War II, in, in uh, Europe, it seems like everything's gray. Uh, some sort of gray tone. So that really stood out to me as well, that German uh, officer's red or, or uh, not red, but orange or yellow vest that he was wearing right and i don't know if that symbolizes like rankings in in germany or anything like that on any type of rankings as to okay you're you stand guard over here so your vest will actually be orange because you're just a guard you're not anything more than that or something like that i don't know if there's like certain um rules for just being a guard and then they have different colors to symbolize different uh jobs that they do so you know, that would be interesting to find out if that's actually what it means. Because like you said, everything is always gray with them. And then, of course, you always see the swastika and stuff like that to symbolize that they're actually Germans and stuff like that working with Hitler. So that's also another thing that they didn't use. They didn't use any of the swastikas. All you needed was the suits to actually tell the story that, hey, these are in concentration camps. They're being treated horribly. This woman's trying to get this baby out of this bad situation before that something happens to that baby and that's the main plot point of that. And then also, too, I like how all of a sudden the dog comes into play. And it, it, it has that Indiana Jones, like I said, that Indiana Jones humor. Because I told you, yeah. <laughs> don't bark before I take out the baby. <laughs> or, or something like that. And he goes, do I need to get your hearing checked? So it can come off as cheesy, but at the same time, the dialogue just flows really nice with this. Yeah, it was great. That and I also like the wink that she gives the little boy at the very, very beginning. Oh yeah, she drops some money on his tray, and she gives him that wink. It reminded me of it was like a it was like a superhero Marvel superhero moment, you know. Hmm. You know, you know what though? It kind of reminds you of that what if story with uh, Captain America, where you actually have, of course, instead of it being Steve Rogers, you actually have. Betty, who winds up being Captain America, mm, and, right. it and it tells her story of Cap. Um, basically, she's actually uh, the Captain America version of England, basically. So you actually have that kind of storytelling within this, where it's actually a not a gender swap or anything like that, but it has a kind of flavor of a Marvel superhero type of thing, like you mentioned. Um, it also has a little bit of a Mary Poppins kind of vibe, basically, with the little kid. And she's kind of giving him some coin and then winking at him a little bit. But more, yep. more of the sense, though, of a Marvel superhero, to me, that's what it feels like to me than anything because of what you mentioned. Because to that baby, that is a superhero. She may not, All heroes don't wear capes. This is right. definitely um, a superhero well-told story, to be honest with you. Um, I know that you did some research and everything as well on the on the on irene it's on herself if you want to go ahead and break into a little bit of that oh yeah well i i was i just i had to look up a little bit more and uh not that i didn't believe that it was uh based on a true story but you watch something like this you're like okay i've got to google this uh so with the trusty old google uh but yeah it was her and a team 
of uh, of people who worked with her posing as uh, sanitary uh, workers. They would check the sanitary systems uh, during the typhoid outbreak. And um, yeah, they got out babies and kids. And the, the most interesting thing that I thought that was really cool was that she would write down the children's uh, actual names on little slips of paper and keep them so that they later on she would be able to tell them and, and maybe reunite them with whatever family they had left. Uh, but that was really cool. And over uh, 2,500 little slips of paper with names on them. I mean, that's amazing. That is. It goes to show you how many lives this woman actually saved. And also, yep. too, tells her, you know, it's how much humility that she actually has to care for somebody else while trying to do something that could risk her own life. And that's just humbling to me to actually see somebody go and do that. Yeah, and, and she was eventually arrested, also. But you know, and uh, and she had passed on the notes to to a friend of hers. I can't remember exactly if it was a relative or a friend, mm. but they put them in a jar and buried them until after she had been released and the war was over and all that. It's just awesome, dude. It's unbelievable, to be honest yeah. with you. And matter of fact, I couldn't even believe this when I was reading the synopsis. And I'm like, why couldn't they give us history lessons on this? On Because to me, this is stories that's worth telling in history books yeah. and everything. Because you don't hear anything about that. All we hear is about the war, the gritty parts of war and stuff like that. But we don't see or hear about anything within the concentration camps on people trying to help other people. Or anything like that. I mean, yeah, I saw like graphic videos in world history class of what they went through in the concentration camps, but I never got a chance to actually see a full blown story in a six minute long video like this. It's very captivating. I really love it. And then I think if they focused in a little bit more time, if this was actually a longer movie, we could actually see the team that was meeting her out there and everything. I would love to see that play out. But of course, you know, this is only a six minute small movie that's that's actually in the Holly Shorts films, but it has every right to be in the Holly Shorts films because of how great it is. Yeah, I mean, if I if I were a richer man, um, I, this is something I would love to invest in and see uh, a feature length film of. And just like you said, I'd like to get to know uh, her associates and the, the details uh, like I want to see them coming up with the details of, you know, how are we going to do this? I don't want to start it after they've already started doing it. I want to right. see it before they start and them in the process of how do we figure out how to do this? How do we do it? And then they execute it and, and, and how they execute it. And obviously there had to be a lot of close calls. Uh, be very interesting to see more details about some of those. But Agreed. So, and you know what, though? I wouldn't mind if they went on ahead and gave us this at the first five minutes of the movie or six minutes of the movie. And then it breaks into like a flashback of where how she got to that point and everything and then showing the plan the way it went. I think that would actually play out really good, to be okay. honest with you. But this film is great. I recommend it if anybody is going to check out a short film or anything like that. This is actually at the Holly Shorts uh, Short Film Festival. I think it was actually presented last week, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, I'm just grateful enough for somebody to reach out to me and say, hey, look, can you go on ahead, check out my film, will you interview me and, the, and my cast and crew? And this is one of those movies that I have to say that needs to be told. Yeah, 100%. So, 
So with that being said, I know this is a little bit shorter episode than what we normally do, but it's only a six minute long uh, movie. But still, I have a blast at just doing these short films and just seeing the talent that's out there in the short film festivals and stuff like that. I got to interview and meet a lot of people and everything. I did a I did an interview with the people from Alone. I actually got to meet uh, meet the animation producer and uh, and stuff like that yesterday and the director yesterday. So it's just amazing of how much talent that's actually out there. So if you're a part of the Holly Shorts, or if you just want to try and see what this film's about, you can probably find that out on Google, or you can go on ahead and look it up on YouTube and everything too. I don't know if they have a, they might have a trailer out there, but go on and check that out. Uh, Jay, where can everybody reach you at if they want to go on ahead and follow you and all that stuff? Uh, y'all can follow me on the Twitter at jwade1134, the letter J, W-A-D-E-1134. All my stuff is in my bio there. I have a YouTube channel and everything, so it's all, it's all there. Okay, and tomorrow night, I'm going to have Beth on with me tomorrow night, and we're actually going to be doing another short film called Punch Drunk. And basically, it's about cervical cancer, women working in a bar that has cervical cancer, and trying and going through some PTSD moments in her life and things like that, but I'm not going to give that away too much. But if you guys want to join me, go on ahead and join me at 8 o'clock Central Time, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific Time for that one. And it's going to be Beth from, uh, as a matter of fact, it's actually, she has her own podcast and everything. And that's going to be Beth from um, Made for Movie uh, Movies uh, TV Club. So go ahead and check her out over there. Then, of course, if you want to go ahead and get an audio-only podcast episode of my show here, you can guys can get that where you guys get your podcast from. And of course, we're actually doing a charity event for people that lost their homes during Hurricane Ida. All the proceeds go over to um, the Red Cross. So if you guys want to go ahead, donate five to ten dollars over there. All you have to do is buy a Cincy and all the proceeds go over there. But if you want to donate donate to my page, all you have to do is just go to gofundme.com forward slash movie lovers podcast. And of course, you guys can go on ahead and hit that like button, smash that like button. And of course, hit that subscribe as well. But also, too, click the little bell on the bottom right hand corner. To let us let it, you know when we go live, when we have something new. And then, of course, you guys can rate us on Good Pods. Good Pods is a great app if you're a podcaster or if you like, uh, or if you just like listening to podcasts and everything. Just go on ahead, rate us out over there. And that's every way they can reach me out. Of course, if you're a sponsor or would like to be on my show, just go ahead and email me at movieloversunite uh, at gmail.com. You can also follow me underneath Movie Lovers Unit on Twitter. And then, of course, you can also watch me embarrass myself on TikTok at Movie Lovers Unit over there at 001. So that's every way that you can reach me at, guys. I hope, I hope that you guys enjoy this review as much as we love giving this review to you. Always until next time, guys. It's been real. It's been fun. I can't wait to do this again. And bye-bye.